Hey, this is Mike Brake, and I'm the pastor at Freedom Church in Los Alamos. I want to say thank you for stopping by our podcast today. We really do believe that you're only one step away from the relationship with God that you've been wanting. So I hope the message today gives you encouragement, gives you some vision so that you can take that next step towards freedom. Enjoy the message. Uh, today I want to dive into our, our scripture and then introduce our series and our theme for today. We're going to be in 1 Samuel chapter 17. And that is the story of David and Goliath. And so many of us, if you've grown up in the church world, you know the story of David and Goliath. Even if you not, haven't grown up in the church world, you may not know the story, but you have for sure heard David and Goliath, especially in the sports arena as well. So I, I, we're all kind of familiar with this, but I want to jump through uh, this passage of Scripture today and, and dissect some things on how we can overcome some obstacles in our, our lives. I'm going to pick it up in verse 4 where it says, Goliath stood and shouted a taunt across to the Israelites. And one of the things that you need to know right off the bat, there's going to be some things that God uses in our life to, to um, combat fear, but we have an enemy in our lives, be it Goliath, be it Satan, be it our mind, be it others that will use intimidation and different fear and scare tactics against us. And we need, to know, we need to know their strategies. And one of them just right off the top is just pure intimidation. So he's taunting the Israelites and he says, why are you all coming out to fight? I'm the Philistine champion, but you are only the servants of Saul. Oh, that's a bad, bad day for King Saul talking some smack. Choose one man to come down here and fight me. If he kills me, then we will all be, we'll be your slaves. But if I kill him, you will be our slaves. I defy the armies of Israel today. Send me a man who will fight me. Now back in, in this time, the, the warfare was, was different. And in some cases, when it was over disputes, over boundaries, or, or maybe, um, some, some water or what, they would just, instead of sending the whole army to fight, hey, one man on one man and, and whoever wins and that's how it goes. Now, this is a little bit different. I mean, this is odd because this is one-on-one and it's like nation versus nation, but it's still, let's, let's just our, send your best, I'll send our best and that's how it's going to go. But obviously, like, if, if Goliath is your guy, you're, you're good with that, that type of fight. Israel's like, ah, I don't know. Like, I'm a pretty short dude, all right? So I didn't, I didn't get in too many fights in middle school and high school. In fact, I don't even remember. I just remember getting big friends, all right? I, I went dumb. You know, I, have some, I got some big friends. You mess with me, you're going to have to mess with, with these guys here. Israel wasn't too keen on, on, on taking on Goliath. And so it says, when Saul and the Israelites heard this, they were terrified and deeply shaken, as we would be today. They're in a fight. Ding, 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 ding. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the main event. In this corner, standing at over nine feet tall, the reigning champion of the world, Goliath. And they're all, yeah. And over in this corner over here, Nobody, nobody's taking on this challenge. And they said, it says that Goliath had been taunting them for 40 days like this. They had been oppressed for 40 
days with these taunts. They got their backs are against the rope, against this giant, and they're being held hostage. But it's mainly all up in here. And some of us today, we've come in here today, and maybe it's been for 40 days that we've been hearing the taunts of the Goliaths that come in our mind of fear, of anxiety, of depression, of insecurity, like we can't move forward and we're stuck and we don't know how we're going to get out of this. Our backs are against the ropes and, and we're like just like swinging wildly, like, like throwing a Hail Mary to try to get somewhere. And maybe it's been 40 days, maybe it's been 40 months, maybe it's been 40 years. I believe God has something better for you. That, that you, you don't just have to swing wildly and hope that something lands. That, you, that there are some strategies that we can put into place that maybe won't totally remove the fear, but we can knock the sucker out. That we can tackle this and we can see maybe it's not all that it's cracked up to be, Goliath. And we can take this on because we serve the king of kings. And we have one of the legendary trainers in our corner during this series, King David. We're going to go through this series called Hold That Thought. And we're going to look at some of the, the, the episodes in the life of King David and see how did he overcome. Maybe, maybe how did he fail, but how did he get back up and fight these battles? And I think there's some things that you're going to see and I'm going to see, we're going to see, hey, this relates to me. I may not be facing a nine-foot-tall giant warrior today, but I got something that's looming. And you know as well as I do, because we're not fighting these. These are spiritual battles. And a lot of these spiritual battles, they're up here. They're all up here. And we're fighting them every single day. But not today. We're, we're, they're not going to win today. We're going to start taking some steps forward today. Now, to give you some context, David wasn't King David here. He, he was a teenager here. David in this scene is not the King David. He's, he's a shepherd. In fact, when, when, when we first meet David, Samuel, the prophet, he wrote 1 Samuel and 2 Samuel, he was told by God to say, hey, go to Jesse's house. Jesse has some, some boys, and one of those boys is going to be the next king. And so go there, and I'll tell you which one's going to be the next king, and you're going to anoint him to be the king. He's not going to be king yet, but he, you're just going to let him know you're next in line. Okay? In a weird way, that's kind of like treason, almost. Like he's putting his life on the line even doing that, but that's for another sermon another time. So he goes to Jesse's house. Jesse lines up his boys. Saul, or Samuel looks and says, um... You sure you don't got another boy? David was the youngest son. He didn't even get invited to the party. He's out in the, in the fields doing the shepherd thing. And, and, and Jesse's like, well, I got David back over here. I didn't think he was going to pick David. And he said, yeah, go get David because it's him. And, and so David gets anointed. Fast forward to, to this scene. His brothers, David's older brothers, are fighting in this battle. They're in the army. David's not even old enough to be enlisted. Jesse, the dad, says, I want to know how my sons are doing at war. Go take some food to them. Go deliver some food 
to them, see how they're doing, talk to their commanders, bring me a report back. So David shows up to this scene. Here's what's going on. He's just a delivery boy. He's the UPS man. He wasn't a warrior. But after today, David's going to be known as a warrior. David's going to be known as a leader. David steps in and he finds out there's an there's a ante for somebody who's going to go and defeat Goliath. Hey, not only you're going to help the nation win, but, but King Saul says, hey, no taxes for life. Whoever wins this battle, no taxes for life. And you get to marry one of my daughters. Now, now David, I don't know if he saw her and was like, dang, she's hot. Turn down for what? I'm in. Let's go. Like, he's like, let's do this thing. No, you're going to find out. No, he was more upset about this. This was a faith issue. How dare you defy God's people? I'm in. I'm going to fight. I'm not going to stand for this. I'm going to, I'm going to go in. Now, you know, you know, any time in your life, when you take a step of faith, you're going to have to fight some battles. Not just the one of Goliath. You're going to have some people, someone or something that's going to try to distract you, get you off course from ever taking on the real battle that, you are, that is in place. And that's what I want to look at today. This is a two-part sermon. We're going we're gonna to look at the how next week, but I want to I set this up for seeing some of these strategies that, that Satan puts in place to keep you locked in place, to keep you in your comfort zone, to keep you deceived from really accomplishing God's best in your life. David, he starts asking, what, he's like, I'm in, I want to do this. But then older brother, Eliab, steps in. And he says, but when David's older brother... Eliab heard David talking to the men. He was angry. How many rounds in a, in a, are there in a boxing match? Typically in a heavyweight fight, what? There's 12. It's not like, oh, I got one round. I'm good. I'm, go-, you know, I'm ready to go. No, you're going to have to go several rounds in this. And, and the first round was his oldest brother, Eliab. He says, what are you doing around here anyway? What about those few sheep you're supposed to be taking care of? I know about your pride. I know about your deceits. You just want to see the battle. Go back home, boy. See, fear, Eliab wouldn't admit to it, but fear will start to cause you to sit. You'll start accusing other people. You'll start blaming and shaming other people. The first punch that's thrown is the, 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 the punch of accusation. Start accusing you. Start accusing you of your past. Start accusing you of your motives. Start accusing you of your abilities. You got something good that's going on in your life and your brain's like, ha, ha, you, you know you can't keep that up. You know who you are. You've screwed this up before. You screwed it up real bad. You got something good going on. No, 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 no. Don't you know who you are? Get back in your place. And it will start accusing you and try to keep you from moving forward. Now you see David... 
it's like you can picture. I got two boys, so I can picture. What have I done now? The little brother to the older brother. I'm only asking a question. Just this past week, I got a seven-year-old and a four-year-old. Jeremiah is seven, Charlie's four. They're in the back of the car. We're riding home from school. And Jeremiah, the older brother, goes, Charlie's got a girlfriend. Charlie's got a girlfriend. Charlie's got a girlfriend. And Charlie's going, no, I don't. And and then I don't know, like, I don't know what a pterodactyl sounds like, but I'm pretty sure the sound that Charlie makes is pretty close to it. It's like this high-pitched screech. And like this vein, just even thinking about it, this vein like pops out of my neck. Like it's there. And as as dad, I have a, a higher level view of this. Okay, he's accusing you. You don't like it. Ignore him. Ignore older brother. Don't get so worked up over these accusations. It's not even a big deal. If you want to counterpunch accusation in your life, if it's coming from up here, or if it's coming from someone in your own family, if you want to throw a good counterpunch to accusation, you got to learn to turn. Because watch what David does. Watch what David does. He then, say this with me, then he turned. You got to learn to turn. When something that is not truth is coming your way, you got to, uh uh. I'm not, I'm, I hear it, but I'm not, I'm not receiving that. Get that, get that off, because I'm not receiving any of that. David turned from those beside him to the others in front, and he asked about the offer, and the people gave him the same answer as before. Where am I turning? I'm going to turn to truth. I got God's word every single day. I'm gonna, I'm, you got to get a word from the word. Get in there and see what does God say about you? What has God called you to? You got you to get in with prayer. We have the Holy Spirit, God's spirit living in us. And if we would learn to turn to him and tap into that. Now, I don't never audibly heard the Holy Spirit, but he speaks. And he lets you know, this is, he doesn't show you the whole picture, but he'll say, you know what? Turn this way, turn this way. You have to turn to people. Get in a circle, get in a group where people are going to build you up. I'm not saying sever relationships, but some of you need to change some relationships. To people who are going to encourage you. When you fall, they're going to help you back up. They're going to point you to the light in the right direction and say, no, you got this. You can move forward. You got to learn to turn. Let's say it again. Let's say, learn to, there you go. There we go. And I, I like a little bit of back and forth. You know, Jesus did this. In his final, in his final days, he knew what he was up against, but Jesus, he's fully God and he's fully man. This is a hard deal for him. And it says in Luke chapter 9, I like it in the, in the message uh, paraphrase. It says, it says um, when it came close to the time of his ascension. Okay, they're writing this. Sorry, I'm going to just take a little time out here. because I, 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 Luke, the author, these guys who wrote the New Testament, they're writing the things that they saw. Okay? So they're writing it also in the times when other people saw what was going on. They saw Jesus die. They saw how he died. 
They saw him whipped up on a cross, brutally tortured. They saw him die. And now they're writing a, a, a biography about him. Why? If he, it's because he rose from the dead. All of Christianity anchors on a resurrection. They're not writing about Jesus if he's still in the grave today. Amen? No, they're going to write about him because something different happened here and he's alive again. And so they're going to, not just one person, several people are writing about this event saying, you got to know about this. You got to know these things happen. And then this ascension is actually referring to after he rose from the grave, they saw him go into heaven. And they're writing about it. It says, before this happened, the days that this is leading up to, to the cross, it says, he gathered up his courage. I like this. It says he steeled himself. Got to flex a little bit. The fear you're facing is not easy. The fear you're facing is not a feeling that you're like, I want to go in this and take this on. This calling of God in your life is uncomfortable. And it says he steeled himself. If you go on to read that passage, just right in the verses following, he's going to Jerusalem. Some of the, some of the scriptures, they, they say like he, he set his face. You can imagine just like the self-talk that's going on in his head. It's like, I'm doing this. I don't care what they say. I don't care what I'm, I'm doing. This. this is my mission. And for some of you, you got to know God has a mission for you in your life. Jesus' mission was to save, and it meant sacrifice. It meant giving. It meant serving. And for you, you have the same mission to go and be a light and tell people about the good news and the salvation, and you, you're gonna, it's going to require sacrifice. It's going gonna, it's gonna to require giving. It's going to require serving and getting out of your comfort zone. The disciples, they were like, hey, let's go to Jerusalem because Jesus, you're a rock star right now. People love you. You're going to be king. I want to be right there with you, right next to you. I want to be the great. You know, you're the greatest, but I want to be right next to you. That's what they're arguing about. Who's going to be the greatest? Guys, this ain't going to be a fun week. But this is why I came. And you have a purpose and a mission, and it may not be fun, but this is why you came. You got to learn the turn on accusation because you're going to be intimidated. That'll get you to turn, that, or that that'll get you to stop and freeze in your tracks. You're going to get you're going to get a- accusations, and that's going to cause. But you got to, to you got to learn to turn. Who am I? What is my life going to be about? Get set your face towards that. He turns, but here comes round two. Or round three, more punches. Somehow Saul, the king, hears about it, and, and he wants David to come into his presence, and David's like, hey, I can do this. I can beat this guy. Saul's reply, you're not able to go out against this Philistine and fight him. You are only a young man, and he's been a warrior from his youth. You're going to have to face the punch of insecurity. Because insecurity sounds a lot like you're not able. You are only. And we all, I don't care how confident you present yourself, we all face insecurities in our lives. A definition of, of, of insecurity, uncertainty about oneself, lack of confidence. And yes, we all have it. 
I remember being with uh, family uh, at Thanksgiving uh, several years ago. My nieces and nephews, I'm going to say roughly, I don't know, four or five years old. And I love them. You're playing with, I'm playing with them or whatever. And then one of them, they come up to me and they look at me and they smile. But they, I, I could tell they kind of want to say something. I was like, what, what, what? What's, what's, what's going on? And they're like, Uncle Mike, why are your teeth so yellow? Kind of have shark teeth. And I was like, Uncle Mike's not going to be so nice. I remember another time, this was just last year, my son um, needed help tying his shoe. So I go down and I'm tying his shoe. And then I feel something. Touching right here, tapping right here. I'm like, what are you? Someone's about to die. <laughs> Dad? Yeah, son? Why ain't you got no hair back here? I'm like, you touching my insecurity, boy. <laughs> I don't know what your insecurities are. I don't know if it's a scale that speaks to you. I don't know if it's a mirror that speaks to you. I don't know if it's a, your age that speaks and, 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 and just touches on these things. Social media, I love social media, but oh my goodness, it's there to just talk and rave about all your insecurities. You look at that family and all that they have. You see their, their car, oh, that car, that truck, that GMC Sierra truck, oh man, that vacation that they went on. Or you, they're younger than you and they're more successful than you are. You had it envisioned in your brain you would be here by now and you're nowhere near. It messes with you. Some of you, it's in your, it, you, you feel dumb. I don't know, somewhere along the way someone told you you were dumb or you were stupid. And Let me just tell you, you don't have to have a PhD to be smart and wise in, God, in God's eyes. Ladies, 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 ladies. Just because your husband, just because he has a Ph.D. doesn't mean you're dumb. Sure, he, he, he may be able to engineer, he may be able to design a, a, a washer and a dryer and build it, but does the dude even know how to turn it on? <laughs> and if he's struggling to turn that on, there's probably some other things in life he's struggling to turn on as well. <laughs> I just crossed the line there. <laughs> While I'm over on this side of the line. I'll cross back over in a second. While I'm over here. Talk about insecurities. You take your insecurities. Put them in a bottle. Shake them all up. And that's how your insecurities play out in the bedroom. We have them. I don't want to just leave you hanging there. That's why we had Corey Allen come a couple weeks ago. Sexy Marriage Radio podcast. And so you got these struggles. You're like, what do I do with them? Corey's the man. Look it up and listen to it. You may not agree with everything he has to say. That's not the point. But you want a place that's honest, that's real, that's clean. You don't want to be like, what kind of Google search is coming up? I don't know what I'm going to see. No, you're going to get some real answers. He came a couple weeks ago. He said, grow up. Some of us, we need to grow up. Okay, back over here. Insecurities. We have them. You want to counterpunch insecurities. You got to know who God created you to be. 
Your foundation is in who did God create you and call you to be. Not what everybody else wants, not what everybody else thinks. Who is God created you to be? David says, no, I got this. I can do this. I know I'm young. I know you don't think I can. I know all this other stuff, but I'm good. I can go. And so he convinces Saul. And so Saul starts loading them up with all the armor, says, put this on. Here's the best sword. We got to get you suited up and looking right. But watch what David does. I can't go in these. I'm not used to them. That's not who I am. Some of you guys need to take off some of the insecurities in your life because you're trying to be someone who you're not. You're trying to be someone who God hasn't called you to be. You're trying to be this picture image of something else rather than who God's called you to be. Satan's tool of fear is meant to deter you from God's best in life. So as we go through this series, hold that thought. Goliath, for sure, represented a significant, very real threat, a very real uh, uh, fear. In verse 24, it says, when the Israelites saw the man, they all fled from him. They ran away from him in great fear. You and I would be the same way. (laughs) Round one, I hear the threats. I'm the delivery boy. See you later. Okay, maybe I make a pass. I want to see what this is about. And I start asking questions, but here comes the older brother. Get out of here. Get lost. <laughs> okay, I'm gone. It just brings up all the, 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 the bad blood that we've had. I'm, I'm, I'm done. Okay, maybe I go past that. But now the king, the king, the guy, the boss, who runs this whole thing says, no, no. Thank you, harp boy. All right? You, 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 write, you play the harp. You're a shepherd. You, you write some good songs. You're not a warrior. Go. I'm done. Hold that thought. What if fear was an opportunity? When every, they looked at it and said, Goliath, he's too big to defeat. There's no way. And David seeing it as an opportunity saying, Goliath is too big to miss. I, we got this. We got up here a, a, a scarecrow. I know you guys kind of been looking at, at this, this guy. He's been kind of taunting me and scaring me uh, um, as I've been walking around like, who, who's over here? But he, um, you think about a scarecrow. If it's in a, if it's in a cornfield, what's, it, what's its purpose? What's its design? It's designed to scare the birds away. I got a harvest here. I've got a field here. And I'm going to put this scarecrow here to keep the birds out of my field. And so if it's a good scarecrow, when the bird sees it, it's like, I'm, I'm not going there. I don't want <laughs> stay away, run away, go the other direction. But hold that thought. If we were birds and if we were smart birds and we would want to be smart birds, we would see the scarecrow not as something to run away from, but in reality, it would be advertisement. Oh, a scarecrow. I'm going here. Why? That's where the good stuff's at, baby. This thing that was designed 
to keep me afraid, to keep me away. Satan's tool of fear is to keep you away from God's best. What if we saw fear for what it actually was? God's best in my life. What if I stepped in that direction and moved in that direction today? I'm afraid, yes, but I will not be driven by it. And there's people in here today, you know what your next step is. Some of you, you need to get saved. God's been calling on your life saying, hey, we don't really have a relationship here. You know about me, but I love you and I want a real relationship. You're like, oh, I don't know. I don't know what people are going to think. I don't know what works in the thing. You need, to, oh, you need to take that step of faith. Some of you, it's baptism. That you've, you're saved. But you're like, I need to make it public. Say, I'm on God's team. I'm putting on his uniform, his jersey. I'm going to represent some of you, it's the calling that God has had on your life uh, just to, to go and be in mission. Some of you guys, it might even be in ministry. Like, I don't know what that is. You're smart enough to figure that out because the Holy Spirit's working and speaking to you too. And you know what that step of is. What if we saw it instead of running away like the army did, we approached it and we said, this is God's best. Fear is designed to keep me away from God's best. But I, now I know it's an advertisement for this. See, the battles we face, as it says in Ephesians, are not against flesh and blood. Even though there's flesh and blood involved, they're spiritual battles. And he says, put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand against all the strategies, fear, the strategies of the devil. Fear of getting in trouble, Adam will keep you hiding from God. Fear of failure, nation of Israel, will keep you from entering into the promised land. Fear of sinking, Peter, will keep you from ever stepping out of the boat. And fear of a cross, Jesus, will keep us all from salvation. And we need you, Jesus. We need you. We need you to face your giant, Jesus. We need you to take up your cross, Jesus. We need you, Freedom Church, to take up your cross and follow him. You're in a fight. No battle, no victory. No battle, no blessing on the other side. No death. No sacrifice, Jesus, no resurrection. When you step into this Freedom Church, and it's scary, I'm not denying the fear, but you're going to see God's work on the other side. The, the nation of Israel never really fully got it in the Old Testament. If you, if you see them, they, they might get it for moments. I had a day, I had a week, I had a year, I had a season, but they never got it. And one time, God's just like, you're going into captivity. And the prophet Jeremiah, he, he prophesied that, hey, you're going to be going to Babylon. But even though you're going to be in captivity, I'm still with you in that moment. And one of our favorite scriptures, if you grew up in church, you've heard this verse before. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good, not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. Now this was written while they're, they're handcuffed. They're being dragged into slavery. 
But God said, I still got you. There's still a plan. If he has a plan for them, it means he has a plan for you. And your days are numbered, which means he doesn't just have a plan for your life. He has a plan for your day. Today. Get in it. Jump in it. And so David, it says, David, he took his staff in his hand. He chose five smooth stones from the stream. He put them in the pouch of his shepherd bag. And with a sling in his hand, he approached the Philistine. He stepped towards the fear and faced it. Now, we're going to finish this next week. But in closing, we know how the story ends, right? We know how this story ends. David didn't. And whatever you're facing today, I guarantee you, you don't know how this story ends for you. You have this scene in your mind of how you want it to go. Or you've had this scene in your mind, like a movie, how you wanted your life to go, and it's not there. And you're afraid of stepping forward. I don't know how this is going to end, God. I'm afraid of the uncertainty. I don't know how it's going to end. But guess what? You know the one who does. And he says, I'll give you life. He says, I'll be with you. He says, I'm going to bless you regardless of your circumstances. I'm for you. I'm fighting for you in this thing. Take your next step. Can we do that today, freedom? I don't know what he's calling you to, but I want to see us step into these things. I want to see us say, hold that thought, fear. Hold that thought. I see you. I see and recognize you for what you are. Advertisement for the good stuff. Who wants the good stuff today? Anybody? Anybody? Amen. Amen. Let's, let's stand and let's pray together. Father, I thank you for today. You have a totally different view on the mind games that go in. We, we run from them. We don't want them. We try to avoid them. We try to, to get pleasure and comfort. And I'm, you're not against those things, but you know how deceptive they are. And some of us have been deceived by our fear. We've been sitting in comfort. We've been sitting stuck, swinging aimlessly, hoping something will land. And you're calling us today simply to say, take a step forward. Thank you again for listening to the podcast at Freedom Church in Los Alamos. A few next steps that you can take coming out of this. One is head to our website and let us know just exactly how we can help you take your next step. Also, if we have had a positive impact in your life or in your family and you want to partner with us financially, you can go to our website and click give. That will get the message out so we can impact more people through this ministry. And finally, click the subscribe button. That way you know you get the latest content from the podcast as well as rate it, review it. That will help get the message out to others. Hope you have a a wonderful week. Thanks again for listening.